Welcome to the penultimate Richmond Kickers Weekly. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who's checking if that was the right word. It's Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Oh, no, I knew, I knew the right word because it took me a really long time to learn that in my life. I kept thinking it meant like second top or like first best. I forget. Yeah. Uh, but more, more it so. Could, it could mean second bottom in this case. More so, it took me a minute to realize that you were implying for this year as opposed to we're yes. done with Kickers Weekly forever. Uh-uh. Okay. There, what I'm saying is there's one more game to go yeah. this Saturday against mm-hmm. Orlando City B. You are correct. Who are... 13 points behind the kickers, mm-hmm. so Orlando can't catch us they this weekend. That's good. Unless we um, make it a 14-pointer. Unless we make it a 14-pointer. Uh, play Toronto FC 2 on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should offer Orlando that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Quadruple or nothing. More I like that. that. Quintuple or nothing. Do we, do we get those points if we win then? Yeah, then, that, we'd, that, then we'd make the playoffs. There we go. Okay. I'm the down rest, for this deal. The rest of the league might not agree to it. You don't think? No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, particularly hard done by would be Toronto FC 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who just bested the Richmond Kickers eh. at City Stadium this past Wednesday night. They We're here to review did. that game. Mm-hmm. It finished Richmond Kickers 1, Toronto FC 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> well said, well said. And we saw uh, a return of starting centre-backs, Wahab Akwe and Kato Shinovsky, yes, who were both suspension. suspended. Uh, uh, Braden Troyer did not play in this game because he Jeez, was suspended. Yep. That's the kind of rotating pattern of suspensions. <laughs> the red card rotations. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Despite those changes, it did seem like the kickers were able to come out and sort of execute the game plan that they wanted to execute. We saw a bit more uh, pressing, maybe. Yeah, but bit we more saw high pressure. Boateng started up top. Uh, Dennis Chin went wide left, but Boateng sort of leading the line, blocking off passes. He did a really good job uh, in the moments we saw of sort of cutting off passes between the center backs and yes. kind of forcing Toronto into one half of the field. And that's where Which the goal key, comes right? from. Yeah. I think most people don't notice that, mm-hmm. that a center forward doing that, yeah. but it really, literally. Cuts the field in half yeah. for the opposition, and then lets you it lets your team pressure one side of the field because you can predict pretty much which way it's going to go, and that's basically how the move starts for Mopay's goal in right. the ninth minute. Right, because I think uh, the kickers we haven't seen them do this this effectively and consistently this season as yeah. we did against Toronto at least in the opening half. Do you think it's because Boateng's better at it than Chin or Jackson? Yes, I, I think yeah. that's probably a decent explainer as to why. And maybe he's that was faster just, at least, right? So mm-hmm. he's just getting to close down space quicker, right? Yeah. And he and, probably knows his angles a little better. Yeah, and because he's faster, and knows his angles a little bit better, and because the kickers are up for it or like up for this sort of approach in a way we haven't seen them as much this season. I think Toronto caught a little bit at least in the opening 15 to 20 minutes and and as yeah. you said that's where the goal comes from but I think if you're not used to a team being up on you and you think we're gonna have time to pass it around and center back to center back and center back to center back and then to the right back and then back to the center back once you're put under that pressure you sort of have to play faster you just did the Simpsons sketch yeah I did I did <laughs> but like I, I I say that to illustrate the idea that like if you're not if you're prepared to have that time and then you don't have that time it forces you into sort of rash yeah. decisions and here every passing option is cut off so it ends up just being a long ball that the kickers are able to win back and yep. reestablish their own possession and then away we go mm-hmm. right i think the ball ends up with um Lockerbie, yep. right back who's mm-hmm. a little bit advanced and he does this nice move where with his right foot he cuts inside and then with his left foot he plays Moape in down the wing it's yeah. really like fluid motion i love mm-hmm. i love those little soccer moves Moape's away down the right yep. and you think okay maybe he's going to be a full 
pull back and cross it. He ends up, what, cutting? He beats um, like four people. Beats like four people yeah. with, uh, with a cut and I think takes the Toronto goalkeeper by surprise yes. by shooting from an angle where really you shouldn't be shooting from. Unless but I he, guess um, it works out this time. Yeah, unless maybe the keeper was so surprised that like he was giving the near post a lot of space and that's yeah. where that ball ends up going Because he was in. at the near post, right? The keeper mm-hmm. was at the near post but not fully covering it. Well, this is why like we, we, we talk about the guys on Match of the Day talk about this a lot about how important it is to get numbers in the box when you're attacking and kind of aggressive yeah. runs into the box. And here, even though Moape ends up dribbling, cutting back, getting the shot off, the kickers still have four other players crashing into the 18-yard box. And yes. I think if you're Toronto and the goalkeeper, you maybe are like... Klonofsky, by the way, is the goalkeeper. Thank name. you. I think you're like mostly focused on Moape, but if you're also like, oh, I got to check that run or yes. I got to make sure if you're the goalkeeper, uh, like Klonofsky, sorry, you got to like maybe just slide over a little bit more, be prepared to cheat. And if you're sort of like putting that weight on like your right foot to sh- shuffle across and then the shot comes into your left, yeah. it's harder to react to it that much faster. So those it's runs... what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. So those runs into the box, I think even if they don't end up like pulling defenders away or no one ends up getting like the square pass for a tap in, it's still those numbers cause problems for Toronto. I think that's absolutely right so the kickers take the lead 1-0 in the ninth minute yep that lasts all of four minutes yeah because in the 13th minute mm-hmm. jordan peritza scores for toronto yeah and, and, and he nearly scored in the 12th minute with the cross on the did. header yeah he did and and probably should have uh, yeah. he's got a little bit of like traffic in front of him which is yeah. why i think that header goes wide maybe he heads it wide because he thinks oh we'll let the kickers build out the yeah. back and we'll uh, we'll put pressure on them from there and score yeah, rope it up we'll, <laughs> we'll build fake confidence but that is what happens the kickers uh take the goal kick they play it short they move the ball around a little bit but essentially the problem that happens here is with kickers only having two center backs in a back four when they're trying to establish possession those center backs spread very wide Wide. It allows the, to the right and yeah. right to the left. And it yeah. allows the fullbacks to push up a little bit more. Which Usually, is adventurous, right? I like the aggressiveness of it. I, I do. I like the expansiveness of it. Unless you can't hold the ball. Because yes. Maxi Rodriguez, the uh, holding midfielder, then he drops in and you've sort of got a spread back three. Um, but in this situation, if you then are trying to kind of force some passes in and your players can't hold the ball, mm-hmm. then when that ball's poked away, now you basically have one holding midfielder controlling the entire center of the pitch because your center backs are so spread wide. That And that's where the space is for this goal to occur. And I think we have to kind of name and shame him. It's Dennis yeah. Chin, who there's a perfectly good pass yeah. into his feet. And he just doesn't hold it up, right? He gets kind of bodied. He, d- doesn't... he doesn't do anything because he could have yeah. dropped it off. He could have tried to play a square pass. He could have just tried to like, put a foot on it and kind of battle a little bit and see what develops. I think that's what he was trying to do. I, it, it felt like he, he made that decision to do that very late. Like I, yeah. It seemed like he was looking for the pass and then suddenly was like, oh, the ball is here. I guess I'll put my foot on it. And because he hasn't like fully committed to doing the shielding and the work there yes. he's maybe only like 50% aware so the body shape isn't right yeah. to correctly shield it yeah. yeah and so it's just poked away and now you've got a TFC counterattack. Chin tries to get back into position somewhat but even yeah. then is still I think outside of the box when the goal uh, occurs for his part Maxi Rodriguez I think tries to do what he can do which is essentially yeah. split the difference between a player now running at him with the ball and then there uh, being Toronto's like proven goal scorer also making a run behind and yeah. I think he tries to sort of like slow up the play but also like mark the man but also maybe let him go offside yeah. and instead it's just a smart run per- from Peruzza that does not uh, tread into offside territory it's, it's kind of it's nice looking but it's an easy pass from Nobel yeah. Yellow. this is the, who gets the assist because the center backs are spread so far yep. wide and because Maxi Rodriguez doesn't uh, decide to mark Peruzza because I think the center backs are starting to close the doors right mm-hmm. they're just very slow yeah um slowly coming in 
Perutza can just run straight through that gap in the middle. Akolo can play him through, and mm. then it's a it's a an easy finish from there from Perutza, right? Not brilliant. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it should be an easy finish. He sort of makes it look a little bit difficult because he goes far side netting, which is always where you want to put it. Yeah. But I think Rice around the keeper. in this case has yeah has good positioning. But I think Peruta, he is left-footed, isn't he? So I think that's how he's able to get the bend. But Rice still, I think, sees it, knows where he wants to go, gets down, gets a hand to it, but it's just not strong enough in getting the hand to it to actually yep. push that ball wide. Instead, it still goes in. Not the worst of the uh, performances from Rice in terms of the two goals on the evening. I'd say the second that's one, fair. he's slightly more to blame. I think a quick sort of a tactical note sure. is I think the, what we see in this goal is the problem when you play a back four yep. um, instead of the back three that the kickers have gone with recently. Mm-hmm. When you do spread the centre-backs wide for possession and push the full-backs high for possession, there is that giant hole in the middle, yeah. right? And then if you don't maintain possession, if you have a guy uh, like, like Chin does here, give the ball away, suddenly there's a massive gap that's easily exploitable. And then if you have a, a change in formation, as you mentioned, but a change in personnel somewhat due to injuries, there was injury to Scott Thompson that requires him to be substituted oh, yeah. out. Magalhaes comes in, and then Magalhaes gets injured. He leaves at halftime. So you've got injuries, you've got a change in formation. What you then don't have is the sort of patterns of play and the recognition of what's happening but based on repetition. And yeah. so I think that also explains why Chin has to put the foot on it and slow it down a little bit more he doesn't automatically know like okay when this ball comes into me I know that I've got the other central midfielder dropping in I can sort of do a like reverse lateral pass and then spin off and get the ball back and like you don't have those patterns Mm -hmm. so it ends up being sort of moments of improvisation that can in this case backfire yep because this isn't second city not so much Um, okay so (laughs) (laughs) Toronto take the lead in the 52nd minute it's Peritzer again I want to focus on a moment just before that though maybe two minutes earlier Mm Um, there's a break. I believe it's Nelson uh, for Toronto. He he breaks through the middle, and there is an absolutely like Bobby Moore in 1970 tackle, mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect yeah. tackle from Connor Shinarski. Yep. It's like a slight tackle where he gets all ball, and I don't say that often, but he gets all ball. It's super clean. And the referee gives a free kick, and I believe a card to Shinovsky. Yes, and I want to. I'm like, really upset about this because, like, when a centre back does something so perfectly, mm-hmm. you don't deserve to be punished. I want to double down on what you said there because I agree with you entirely that there, there shouldn't have been a call, let alone a card. And it should have been a round of applause from the entire stadium. It should have been, and maybe would have been if this whistle hadn't gone. But like we say often that like. One of the things that frustrates me, at least, is a person screaming, I got ball, after they, like, barely touched the ball and then, like, went through a player's shin. And so all I want to, like, emphasize here is that when you say he got all ball, Uh like, he got all ball. He wins the ball. He steps in with the instep, pokes the ball away, attacker runs into him, and then the call is given. So it's not even, like, he's making a reckless challenge or putting the attacker into a situation when he could be injured. He's making a really smart defensive play in a 1v1 defensive scenario like he kind of does everything you want and still ends up punished which is maybe a good like sort of representation for the kickers this season yep i want that us uh, that card overturned Mm -hmm. and turned and replaced with sort of some sort of award from the usl i wonder if it's just because (laughs) shinoski gets those red cards and maybe there's like ah we'll just give you a yellow this time it's fine but yes i'm okay with the reversal into award that works for me (laughs) So a couple of minutes later, mm-hmm. 52nd minute, uh, Jordan Peruzza again yeah. on the score sheet. Um, the assist coming from the aforementioned Jaden mm-hmm. Nelson. And it's essentially a counterattack after the kickers had some possession and committed numbers forward. Yes. And, and I, I agree with that. And I would say, like, 
It's a strange situation, though, because we knew the goal. It's listed as the 52nd. I think it goes in like 52.02, so technically 53rd. But we were watching and thinking like, oh, they must have gotten this wrong because the kickers have possession. They're moving the ball around the top of the box, and it feels for all the world like, okay, the only way this makes sense is either they got the clock wrong or the kickers are going to turn this over, and then it's going to lead to a rapid-fire counterattack. And then they get called for offside, the kickers, and we were both like, oh, okay, they must have gotten the clock yeah. wrong. So it's like Lockerbie slipping a ball down the right for, I want to say, Moape? I believe you're correct, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so and, that, and Moape's offside, right? Yeah. So that's where the play dies. And so, uh, again, I'm just like like illustrating that to explain that like you are technically correct that it is a counterattack, <laughs> but it's not the counterattack that we expected where like the kickers have pushed numbers forward. They're right, trying to get a winner. Ball, right? yeah. yeah. And then like, oh, they get countered on and they only left one or two back. Here, whistle goes... Toronto get the ball back in play. They move the ball around. It goes back to the goalkeeper, who then plays it long uh, wide to Jaden Nelson, who's advanced up to like right around midfield on the touchline. It's a great touch from him to bring this ball down because it's absolutely going to go out of bounds otherwise, and he kind of brings it down on the touchline. But if you go back and watch, is it is it Eckenroda or is it Lockerbie? It's Lockerbie. Lockerbie, yeah. Because uh, Eckenroda comes in, but he's playing left back. Lockerbie here is like frustrated by the offside call, maybe frustrated by Mawape being offside, mm-hmm. and so he sort of like puts his head up and walks back and is frustrated. Then when the ball is restarted, he just sort of gets drawn to it because oh, I'm near the near the pass. I'll run over and do that. The ball gets dropped. The ball gets played long, and now Lockerbie is way out of position because he should be with Jaden Nelson, yeah. right? Who's like the left winger. Who literally point. runs by so, him. Yes. Yeah. So Lockerbie should have been. Tracking him back. Yes. Some basic soccer stuff. But it's the it's the domino effect of then the right back's out of position, so now your right center back has to slide over to try to make a play yep. on Nelson. Shinovsky comes over to try and uh, try and repeat his tackle on Nelson. Yeah. But unfortunately, when he comes over, he has to leave mm-hmm. Peruzza. Yeah. And Nelson is able to maybe he's like, Oh, I can't get past this guy. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna Bobby Moore tackle me. I saw what happened. So Nelson <laughs> slides the ball into Peruzza, yep. who is again wide open, running through the middle between two centre backs. Right. Wahaba Kwai comes over, but in my opinion, maybe forgets Peruzza's left footed because mm-hmm. he doesn't come and challenge Peruzza's left foot. He, he almost, certainly doesn't think a shot's he's coming. Setting up to like block the right-footed attack, right? I, I, all I can figure is that he thinks there's no way he's going to shoot from here. He's going to wait for more numbers to be involved in the attack, he being Peruzza. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of slow him up, shepherd him to one side, and then either try to make a defensive play or force him to cut back, and then we'll have numbers back into shape. And because he doesn't really close that shot down and I think never really sees it as a threat, yeah. which is kind of crazy given that uh, Peruzza is, if nothing else, Toronto's golden boot leader or mm-hmm. in the race for their golden boot. Uh, I don't know where he is in the league, but two more on the evening can't hurt. Um, and so it ends up being uh, Peruzza kind of taking the surprise shot for Akwe. And I think equally surprised was uh, Rice, the goalkeeper for the kickers, yeah. who really this is the one where it's, what, 20, 25 yards out is the shot. Probably 20, but Rice still has plenty of time to get down again to get a hand to it, to at least push it wide, if not kind of smother it, and instead sees it late. I think, or not sees it late, but just kind of reacts to it late. He's basically, his feet are set in the ground as the shot is already on its way. So then he, when he dives, he's going to be diving late. He's not going to get as much force behind it. And even though I think he still gets a hand to it, it still ends up in the back of the net after hitting his hand. It's unfortunate, right? Because this yeah. is one of Rice's chances to prove that yeah. like maybe he could start instead of Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. but... I, I, like based on the evidence of this, I'm much more comfortable with Fitzgerald as the starter yes. uh, this coming Saturday against uh, Orlando and mm-hmm. going into next season, assuming Fitzgerald sticks around. No arguments for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so you want to talk about next Saturday or sure. this coming Saturday? Yeah. So final game of the season. Mm-hmm. We can't make the playoffs. Nope. 
don't think unless we, we do this 14 point thing we'll see what the league says yeah yeah it's worth a go right? how about we let them we we let shinoski keep the yellow card we won't protest that one but in exchange this is a or did you make it 15 points you made it 15 right yeah because yeah, I, I made it quintuple on, okay all right i like it <laughs> i'm sure the league will too cool good plan um so unfortunately the kickers are ninth mm-hmm. right um 13 points ahead of orlando city b Four points behind FC Tucson yep. and eight. So the kickers can't do any better than finish second bottom mm-hmm. of USL League One. But they can at least go out with, you know, mm-hmm. go out with a bang, final home game of the season. It's also going to be Braden Troyer's final game for the Richmond Kickers. We got the announcement this afternoon mm-hmm. that Braden Troyer, really longtime servant of the Richmond Kickers, um, sometime left back, sometime defensive midfielder, sometime centre back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be retiring at the end of the season. This, so this will be the Braden Troyer send off game. Yes, and I have if faith. I can that guarantee one starter this this weekend. It'll be Braden Troyer. That checks out yeah. to me, and I can also guarantee the Red Army will will honor him accordingly. Yeah, uh, they have the Braden Troyer. He's a warrior song. I expect we'll hear that yeah, uh, early that. and often yeah. uh, in this game. They'll probably still sing it next season. That's I'm sure true. he'll probably catch a game or two with the Red Army. <laughs> it will be sung then. So we look forward to the Braden Troyer mm-hmm. send-off. It's always nice when you know a player's retiring and you can honour him. Um, anything else you'd like to see uh, this Saturday? Goals, a win. Goals and a win. Yeah. All right. I'd like to see Boateng start up top again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the energy, the uh, pressing, uh, the kind of like moving off the ball, I think that opened up space for other attackers. All of that uh, is a solid sign of growth yeah. and a solid performance from him. So yeah, I would happily see Boateng start again. Back three or back four? Back three. Back three? Mm-hmm. What if Magales isn't fit? Back three with Troyer? Troyer? I wouldn't mind that, but I guess we'd rather see Troyer played centrally, so maybe it's a back four with Troyer in the middle. Yeah. Uh, he also, he, when, he plays, when he plays defensive midfield, it adds a bit of solidity. Right? I was even thinking about the um, yeah. the second goal. If that's Braden Troyer playing as the number six instead of Maxi Rodriguez, there's a chance maybe Troyer makes the better defensive decision. Yeah, a, yeah. a bit more battle there probably. A yeah. bit more battle there, yeah. Um, any other uh, things you'd like to see? No, that's no? it. I mean, happy people leaving the stadium. Yes, smiles yeah. at the 90th minute and beyond. N- not that feeling of like, oh, it's the 90th minute. Maybe they'll pull something off. Yeah. I want to be able to be like, it's the 90th minute. They've got this in the bag. Yeah, I'd, I'd also like to see um, some more of the Joe Gallardo show. Yeah. I feel like we, it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen some magic from Joe Gallardo. It'd be mm-hmm. nice for him to end the season. Yeah. And then hopefully come back next season. All right. Gallardo, Boateng, get some goals, 2-0 win, comprehensive, the pressing causes problems, and everybody leaves happy. Pressing, that's the thing I'd like to see, mm-hmm. the high pressure again. Yeah, let's go Let's go with that again. I like it. Um, all right, so we'll have one more Richmond Kickers Weekly to come. It's mm-hmm. going to be a collaboration with River City 93, mm-hmm. uh, the other Richmond Kickers podcast out there, and we'll be taking listener questions. So if you've got questions that you'd like us about the Richmond Kickers that you'd like us to answer, we'll put this out on Twitter so some Kickers fans can do it. I'm also interested in hearing from um, people who've listened to Richmond Kickers Weekly every week but don't live in Richmond. We if, have- you're, if you're curious about the team, email us, contact at TotalSoxShow.com, um, and just let us know what kickers questions you have. We, we did have a few people who I think missed why we were doing this, like jump yeah. in and be like, what, why do they randomly do this one show about this one <laughs> team that I don't know anything about? And it's because they're our Richmond team and we cover them. There yes, we go. There we go. That's that, my answer. That's that question answer, so don't ask that one. Um, all right, Taylor Rockwell. Yes, sir. Thank you for talking kickers with me. Right back at you, buddy. Uh, let's be played out by some people we know will be there on Saturday. It's the Red Army. Yeah.